Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live at our 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. services or connect with us on Facebook. Amen. Come on. Isn't God good? I love absolutely. Come on. If you haven't heard it yet, let me be the first. Merry Christmas. Doesn't that sound great? Come on, somebody. Merry Christmas. Woo! All right. I feel better now. Come on, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to open them up. Now, this is good. Listen, this is going to sound weird, all right? Talking about Christmas, thrill of hope, happy, yay. I love smiling. Smiling's my favorite. You know, like all the happy stuff. Open up to the book of Lamentations. I'm not joking, actually. <laughs> Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. So excited for what God has for us as we uh, step in and walk into this new uh, uh, series that we're going to be in over the month of of December as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, uh, entitled A Thrill of Hope. And so this morning, I'm going to speak to you from the most depressing book in the Bible. (laughs) Uh, Jeremiah actually wrote wrote this passage of Scripture, and uh, he... Uh, is known as the weeping prophet, you know, as he was weeping over uh, Jerusalem, in particular here in Lamentations, where he's weeping over Jerusalem and crying out uh, for Israel to be restored. They were in captivity, basically, at this point. Uh, under their, their places and their, their temple and their villages have all been plundered uh, 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 by the Babylonians at this point, the Egyptians and then the Babylonians. The Babylonians got so strong, they overtook the Egyptians, and they were even worse to the Israelites than what the Egyptians were. But uh, as we move forward in this this morning, I believe even in the midst of heartache and pain, hope arises. That's why we get this title, A Thrill of Hope. Come on, one of my favorite Christmas hymns. Come on, I love me some Christmas hymns. Come on, somebody. I love Christmas hymns, right? I mean, my name's Tim. I love Christmas hymns. Jesus had no room in the inn. I mean, come on, I could go through. But I can rap, can you swim? Word. All right, so listen. (laughs) But I love Christmas hymns. It's from, you know, my favorite, Oh, oh Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. You know? But then it gets a thrill of hope. But the next line says, the weary world rejoices. Because we understand we live in a fallen world. I understand that there's folks sitting in this room today that Christmas doesn't feel so good. Christmas is, might be a difficult time for you this year. The holiday season might be a difficult time for you. You might have sat around the Thanksgiving table, maybe even in solitude over, the, over this past week, or maybe there was an empty chair that wasn't there before, and all, maybe the different things that have happened in your life over this season. I want you to know something today. You can be encouraged that hope is still with you. Just because you can't feel it, just because you can't see it, doesn't mean God isn't working. Come on, somebody. I'm, just, I'm thankful today that hope is real. Hope is alive. I believe hope is alive in Uniontown. Come on. I believe hope is alive at Fayette County. Come on. If you're with me, come on. Would you stand for the reading of God's word this morning? Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. And I I love just a kind of a little side note here. I love Lamentations. Lamentations was most people believe that Jeremiah wrote Lamentations and it's written Each chapter is actually written in an acrostic with the Hebrew alphabet. There's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. uh, And so uh, when they figured this out with the the verses in the English, it's nice that they lined it out this way. Chapter 1, 22 verses. Chapter 2, 
22 verses. Four and five each have 22 verses. Chapter three has 66 verses. So each, every third verse is a nut starts with a, the Hebrew letter that's next in the alphabet. So you just take that away and pack it home. You're welcome. All right. Lamentations chapter three. That's like the gift you can open up on Christmas Eve. How many ever used to do that with your kids? Like you can have one gift. I love that one gift. Lamentations chapter three, starting at verse 19 says, the thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. It's dark here for a moment, but just stay with me. All right. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. But here it is. Yet I still dare to hope. That's worth saying again. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. Come on. The Lord is good. Let me say this again. The Lord is good. I'm going to say this again until you get it. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for the salvation from the Lord. It is good for people to submit to an early age to the yoke of his discipline. Come on, let's pray. Father, one more time, would you release the power of your written word into our lives? Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, that those of us that are maybe tired or weary, Lord, maybe those of us that have given up hope, those of us that thought that it was over with, all hope was gone. God, I pray today in the name of Jesus that faith would arise, Lord, that it would spring forth hope in our hearts today. And Lord, as we lift our eyes to you, Lord, that you become the beginning end of our faith, I pray that your love would saturate our hearts, saturate our minds. Lord, I pray that all that we are and all that we say would be founded and rooted in the love of Jesus Christ. God, be glorified in this house today. Lord, have your way. Come on, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Now look at each, everybody as you're seated and say, Merry Christmas. It'll feel good. Trust me. All you Scrooges out there, it's December, so there's no more excuses. Come on. All right? They always say that if you play a Christmas carol, every time you play a Christmas carol before Thanksgiving, it kills an elf, right? Yeah, my, my Christmas tree has been up since, uh, well, the day after Halloween. How, how do you like that? Actually, I think we put it up on Halloween, didn't we? Yeah, we put it up on Halloween. That's how we celebrate Halloween. So uh, we, we, uh, I, I, love, I, abso- I love Christmas. I don't know if you've gotten this yet, but I enjoy Christmas. Come on. I mean, I really do. I mean, jingle bells, jingle bells. I get going. You know, I, I get excited about, I love me some Christmas. I get excited about Christmas. It's all over me. Come on. I, you think I act immature the rest of the year. You wait. To, come on. It's December. And you gave me a microphone. I mean, that's crazy. Just letting that marinate for a minute. 
This morning, I, I understand that as we move into this season that it is difficult for some folks. And as we look at this, a thrill of hope, and, but with the reality that the weary world, it needs the, the, the ability to rejoice. Uh, this morning, I want us to look at this as, as Jeremiah, obviously, has written the book here of Lamentations. And he's, he's weeping over Jerusalem. How, how He says even in, in the earlier parts of Lamentations in chapter 1 and 2, how the streets are empty, that no one comes and celebrates the feasts anymore, uh, that that the, the, the merchants are gone, that the priests are gone, uh, that he's even, he's even crying out for Israel to submit and surrender and come back and repent to the Lord uh, because they've turned away from him in their midst of captivity and pain and heartache. They turned away from the Lord, even intermingling some of their religious beliefs and uh, allowing uh, the, the godless uh, uh, idols uh, that, that the Babylonians and the Egyptians had to be intermingled in the Jewish customs. And, and so uh, Jeremiah is known as the weak prophet and here he writes this five chapters of, of the book of lamentations and just crying out to, for Israel crying out for Israel to return to the Lord to surrender and submit to sacrifice all that they've had and surrender to the Lord and allow him to do more with it than what we can come on and I'm excited here today. I, I, I feel like we're a step ahead of where Jeremiah was because I'm thankful to be part of a church that is moving forward. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful to be a part of a body of believers that is ready to step into what God has for us next. I'm thankful that we're not sitting back and just hitting the cruise control and just enjoying the blessings of God, but I'm thankful today that we're putting the blessing that God has given to us. I'm thankful that we have a leadership team that has prayed and fasted. I'm thankful that we're moving forward and we're we're putting to work the blessing that God has given us. I'm thankful today that we're not sitting back and letting the world die as we enjoy church, but I'm thankful today that we're partnering with ministries. I'm thankful today that we're moving forward, that we're making more room. I don't know if you'd look around a little bit, uh, but we don't got a lot more room here in the 11 o'clock service. We need some more seats so we can get more friends and family members in here so more people can get on the lifeboat and get off the sinking ship of this world and be on the firm ground of Jesus Christ before he comes back to get I'm thankful today that we are a part of the living, breathing body of Jesus Christ here in Uniontown. I'm thankful today that God is building his church in Fayette County and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm thankful today. So I feel like we're a step ahead of where Jeremiah was here in this moment. But even in the reality of what we deal with, I understand that, that many of us have questions. Can I just tell you something right now? God is not overwhelmed with our questions. Listen, if you have concerns, if you have questions, if you, if you have uncertainties, God is not taken off guard by your question today. He invites you to come to him. You can come to the Lord. He'll, he'll even, you'll be shocked. He might even talk back. If you listen. See, many of us will go to the Lord and we throw all our complaints or we tell him what we think needs to happen. Then we don't want to listen to what he has to say. I need that. This needs to be a pulpit I can hide behind. This little skinny post doesn't do it for me, Pastor James. So listen, I'm thankful today that we've had a leadership team. Some of us even... You know, maybe we've kind of been caught in, let me start here. You know, how many understand, I'm, I'm the staff evangelist, right? But I'm not on staff. You all understand that, right? Like, you don't employ me. You can't fire me. Come on, somebody. <laughs> hey, come on now. And you gave me a microphone. So, uh, you, you know, I, I can kind of see both, I, I, I'm able to be in both worlds. Those of us that kind of sit 
and enjoy and partake. And we're, I'm, I'm, I'm a member here. I'm thankful of that. And my family, we've joined together. I, 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 one of the most holy moments I've ever had was in our kitchen last Sunday morning. I tell you that right now, one of the most holy moments I've ever had was in our kitchen last Sunday morning. After my kids, we had fasted and prayed as a family. My kids had prayed and decided what they would each give. All four of my kids together, every month, they were giving $16.50 to what God is going to do here in the next, in the, in the next few years. I'm thankful of that, plus whatever, what Katie and I are putting together. And last Sunday morning in our kitchen, we stood together with the, with the Secure Give app, open up to myfaithassembly.org, and we gave our first offering to activate last Sunday morning before we went to our place of ministry. One of the most holy moments I've ever had. I can, I could sense the favor and the blessing and in the, uh, the obedience that God has told us to go. I'm telling you right now, we have fasted and we have prayed. I believe God is moving us forward, and it's not about the dollar amount. Can I just tell you that right now? I know sometimes we get fixated on that. We'll say that from time to time, but can I tell you, it has nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with souls. If you're fixated on the money, your heart's in the wrong place. Come on, if you think this is too big for God, you have the wrong perception of who Jesus is. If you think God is done and satisfied with where we are right now, you have not read your Bible. (laughs) You say, Tim, I'm coming up here. Come on, somebody. My Bible says that he wants to do exceedingly and abundantly far more than we could ever ask, imagine, or think. It's time for us to understand. If you pray and seek the face of the Lord and you understand that, listen, we're either praying to the same God or we're not. Hello, we're either praying in a few weeks, we're going to gather together as a family. I'm thankful today that we have a family here of faith. I'm thankful that we joined together. I'm thankful today that we're moving forward for the cause of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. But I also understand that many of us are in, in heartache and pain and uncertainty and maybe even in this moment. I want to unpack this a little bit. What does it mean to have hope? What does it mean to have Hope. When I say hope, I, I want us to kind of get this, get, get this in, 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 on the common ground. And one of, my, one of my goals today is to set a foundation for Pastor Jason, those that are going to be preaching later throughout this month, to, to continue in this Thrill of Hope series. So I want to give you kind of a scriptural basis for what it means to have hope or what hope really is. And here, hope means this. Hope is simply this, a confident patience in the enduring love of God. Let me say this again. Hope is confident patience in the enduring love of God. You're going to need faith to have confidence. Come on, somebody. You're going to have to have hope to be able to stand still and see that God's working, that you don't have to manipulate, you don't have to try and get everybody's opinion on your side, but that you can trust that God is moving forward and you do what God tells you to do. You just might be shocked that we're all going to end up in the same place when we all follow the same one. Come on. So it's, it's confident patience. In the enduring love of God, there is no greater power source on earth than the love of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful today that he loves us with an everlasting love. Come on, somebody. You say, now, where are you getting out? Well, look at this. How do we, how do we practice help? How do we move forward in hope? Well, look at this again. In verse 19, it says, The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this, listen, if you, if you want to have hope in your life, if you feel like all hope is gone, if you think you don't have that confidence, that patience, if you feel like the love of God is far and distant from you, listen, this morning, I want to dare you to hope. In fact, I just want to skip ahead. I want to cut through the playground etiquette and I want to triple dog dare you to hope. Come on, somebody. I'm going to reference every Christmas movie I can think of this morning. I want to triple dog dare you to hope. Listen, this takes faith. To have hope, you have to start with faith. 
Come on, somebody. To have hope, you've got to start with faith. I'm thankful. Uh, I think it's been... A month ago, or a little uh, sorry, before that, uh, Pastor Mike Holt was here, which, by the way, in, in uh, February, he's going to be back. We'll have some services here. But he was here on a Wednesday night to speak to us as we were celebrating our 40 years of faithfulness of what God was doing here in Uniontown. And he told us he came, that God spoke to him to remind us of our name. Faith. Faith. Come on, somebody. It takes faith. Faith is what? We know from Hebrews 11, faith is the reality of what we hope for. To be sure of what we hope for, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That when you hope, you're not going to see what you're supposed to hope for. If you can see what you're hoping for, it's not real hope. But it takes faith. That we can blindly follow, blindly trust, and understand that God is leading and guiding and directing us. That we know that we have heard from the Lord. Uh, listen, I, I want you to get this deep down inside of you today. Even regardless of the way we feel, I, I want you to get this. Even Jeremiah, as he's writing Lamentations, it says in verse 19, the thought of my suffering and my homelessness. I wonder how many of us, we feel like we've been going through a season that's been suffering. Maybe you feel like people have left you, turned your back on you. Maybe they say things about you. Maybe that person at work got a promotion that was new, that they're not as qualified as you. They've not been at work as long as you have, but they got the promotion instead of you. Maybe you feel like you've left, uh, that you've lost a job, all the different things that are happening. Maybe this is a first holiday season without a loved one with you. Uh, I, I listen, I'm sure there's a lot of suffering. Many of us may even feel like Jeremiah where he was homeless. He wasn't able to be in his homeland of Jerusalem, his homeland of Israel. He had to live in captivity and run uh, from death danger all over and over again. Many of us may feel like you don't have a home. You feel like there's no place of safety for you. There's no place of refuge and security for you. Everywhere you go, you feel like you're being attacked from one side to the other. You might be even sitting in a room full of people this morning and you feel like you're all alone, that the person sitting beside you hasn't even recognized your existence today. I've got news for you. Jesus knows you. He knows when a sparrow falls from the sky. How much more does my Lord know exactly where you are today? He has the number of hair numbered on the top of your head today. Come on, somebody. My God is not some far and distant God, but he's close. My God is an ever-present help in time of need. You're not forgotten. You're not homeless. You've not been left aside. Don't allow the enemy to slip in and to begin to alienate you. One of the tactics of the enemy is to try to convince you you're all alone. Can I just take a little side note here? Even if I was all alone, even if the whole world is against me, who gives a rip? Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If I'm all by myself, I'm standing firm on Jesus Christ because I got news for you. I'm not by myself. He's been with me every step of the way. He's never left me. He'll never forsake me. He'll never turn his back on me. He sticks closer than even a brother does. I'm not homeless, but the Bible says here, it is even bitter beyond words. Some of your translations will say it is with wormwood and gall. It's bitter. Gall, gall is a bitter, wor- a bitter herb. It's actually, it, it, when you put it in drinks and make it in ferments and all this, it actually becomes a, a hallucinogen. You, you, it, 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 
It makes you numb to the pain, numb to the things around you. It's actually what the Roman soldiers took when Jesus, fast forward with me, as Jesus is hanging on the cross in the final moments of his his temporary life on this earth, uh, the Bible says that the Roman soldiers took uh, some rags and they dipped it down into wine vinegar mixed with gall and they lifted it up to the mouth of my Savior and Jesus tasted that wine vinegar mixed with gall. I'm thankful today that my Lord was willing to go through the pain. He didn't need it numbed. He didn't need the gall to, 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 to dull the pain for him, but he did it with full awareness that, listen, you might, and what I'm saying is, you might have to taste bitterness, but you don't need to digest bitterness. We got Bitterness might come over your lips, but you don't need it to go down your throat into your belly today. I'm thankful today that we might live in temporary suffering and pain and heartache. I know that sometimes this is difficult in life, but I'm thankful today that it is not going to affect me. It's not going to shake uh, my, my faith and my belief in Jesus Christ. I'm I'm thankful today that I believe in Jesus and Jesus alone. He's never left me. He's never forsaken me. And I don't understand why tomorrow's going to be every different. If he's with me today, he's going to take me into tomorrow. I'm thankful today that the Lord, even though he tasted the bitterness of gall, he didn't allow it to numb him. But he stared our pain and our agony in the eyes. Jeremiah goes on to say, I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over this loss. Some of us feel like we've lost this year. Some of us might feel like we're behind where we were last year. I want to encourage you today, this is temporary. It's been addition by subtraction. You want to know why you lost that job? Because you never would have walked into the one God has for you if you were staying back in the comfortable one you were in before. Come on. You want to know why God is moving us and taking us forward? Because this is way too comfortable in here. We're going to go into a gym for a little while. Wait till we pack that thing out and then we move forward from there. It doesn't stop. Say, Tim, we paid off that family life center last year so we could relax a little bit. No, that's not why we did that. We did that so we could get ready for where God's taken us. Come on, somebody. We can't sit on cruise control and let the Union Town die and go to hell in a handbasket. It's time to move forward to what God has for us. This is why it takes faith. This is hard, it is uncomfortable, but it's necessary. Pain can mature us. Pain can move us forward into places that we wouldn't go unless otherwise. And I love what Jeremiah says, despite all this, yet I still dare to hope. See, it takes faith to have hope. If you're gonna dare to hope, you've gotta have faith. You've got to move forward in this. We, it takes faith to have hope. Uh, listen to me. This is why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, come on, this is a very biblical uh, progression of principles here, that there's three things that remain. Come on, everybody's been to a wedding before. 1 Corinthians 13, you know this. These three things remain. Come on, Sam, with me. Hope and love. Faith, hope, and love. You have to have faith before you can have hope. You'll never be able to experience the joy of the hope of Jesus Christ unless you first put your belief and your trust in him. You have to have faith. 
Come on, faith is the reality of what we hope for, the certainty of what we do not see. It's making sure that we understand that we move forward in this. Can you even imagine now, as even Joseph, Mary and Joseph, now fast forward this again a couple thousand years, Mary and Joseph, uh, Mary, a teenage girl, Joseph is betrothed to her, uh, that he's ready to be married to her. Basically, they're engaged. But The Bible says in Matthew, Joseph was a devout man. He was a righteous man. He followed the law of God. But now, all of a sudden, his, 13, his almost 13-year-old fiance, come on, somebody is now knocked up say Tim that's a vile way to say that yeah because sometimes we get so comfortable and think this is like rose petals I've got news for you the message of God is messy because it involves people come on I'm I know you're going to say an amen to this I am far from perfect come on somebody honey shh When God works through people, it's messy. Joseph, despite that, despite the bitter situation, despite having to swallow his pride, despite having to say, God, despite what I see with my temporary eyes, I trust you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to follow you. Listen to me. I want you to understand this. Joseph even married Mary before they went to Bethlehem. He was married before they went to the city of David, his hometown. I'm thankful today. I'm thankful today that I can put my trust and my hope and my faith in Jesus Christ. It starts with faith. If you want to have hope, you've got to have faith. You've got to step out. You've got to be, you can't live and come and being so comfortable in life and acting like everything's fine, but we've got to continually be stretched. Remember, we have to exercise faith. Come on, even with love, we know we got to exercise love, right? You, if you say you love your spouse, that's one thing. You actually have to show it. You have to prove it each and every day. You have to live your life for your spouse. It's the same way with faith. The book of James says, without works, faith is dead. So not only do you need to practice faith, but now you got to practice hope. Come on, faith, hope, and love. If they're all the same, if it's the biblical principle for moving one to the next, if you have to practice faith and you got to practice love, then in the middle you also got to practice hope. Hope is in the middle. Let me say this this morning. Hope is in the middle. Whenever you put your faith and your belief and your trust in God and you've yet to see the proof of the love of God, hope is in the middle where you say, God, despite what I see with my pain, despite the bitter situation, despite my homelessness, despite my grief, despite my loss, I put my hope in you. My trust is in you. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I, I gotta be able to understand that God is moving me forward, that this is just a temporary season. Come on, let's get, I got to keep going. Tim, go forward. Thank you. Verse 22 says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. Remember, hope is a confident patience in the enduring love of God. We've talked about the confidence part. Having, having faith, dare to hope. Let's talk about the patience part. And in the patience part, in the middle, you've got to declare hope. You've got to learn in the middle to encourage yourself in the Lord. This is what Jeremiah begins to do. He says, yet I dare to hope when I remember this. What is he remembering? What is he going back to? He says, now says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. We've got to declare hope. 
We've got to speak this out. We actually have to verbally, out loud, and even physically with our life, we have to speak out hope over our life, over our family, over our community, over our workplace, over this nation. I believe it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to wake herself out of her slumber in the United States and stand up and declare that Jesus remains to be the only way, the only truth, and the only life. We have to stop compromising and mix again with all the circumstances and the Babylonian idols of our nation and stand up and declare the one true God who is Jesus and Jesus alone. If we're going to have faith in God, then we've got to speak faith in God. We have to speak hope. This is the patient part that comes in because a lot of times when I speak it, nothing happens. Hello. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. You've got to declare hope. Here's what I'm saying. If you don't speak hope, you're going to suffocate hope. If you don't speak hope, you'll suffocate hope. Hope will be gone. If we just sit back and enjoy life and not do anything, listen, what God is doing here is too good to keep to ourselves. I need more room so more of my family members can come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ in this place. It's that simple. If you don't got the heart of God in this, I, I don't know where, I don't, I don't know. We've got we, we to speak hope here. We've got to speak hope. We've got to move forward in this. Listen to me. I, we have to learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord. We either speak hope or we suffocate it. Here's what I'm saying. You will either give thanks or we'll give up. We'll either give thanks or we'll give up. Jeremiah is to the point now. He says, you know what? I'm going to dare to hope because I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies are brand new every morning. Great is the faithfulness of God. I'm thankful today that God called a, a group of believers to come together to this property almost 40 years ago. I'm thankful today that giants of the faith have went before us. I'm thankful today that we are this, the floor that we're standing on was the ceiling that they built. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful today that we're moving forward in the cause of Jesus Christ. And as we continue to speak the hope of Jesus, there is nothing this world could do that can halt the favor and the blessing of God that's in this place. But it starts with thanksgiving. It starts with giving the heart, giving God the glory and the honor that he deserves. I'm thankful today. One of the few things that our American culture gets right is that we put thanksgiving before the coming of Jesus Christ. You can never experience the joy of the birth of Christ until you're first thankful for it. Come on, somebody. We have to have thanksgiving. That's why the Bible says in Psalm 100 to enter his gate. It starts with thanksgiving. To enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. But how many can understand sometimes it's a sacrifice of praise? Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's not out of feeling. It's not out of, it's not out of abundance. But it's sometimes it's just simply out of obedience, out of sacrificial obedience. We give to the Lord. We surrender to the Lord. And we say, God, despite my temporary pain, despite the bitterness, despite the homelessness, despite my loss, I still dare to hope because I know the faithful love of God never ends. 
Come on, how many are in the room today and you know that you were way far gone, but the love of God drew you back? Come on, somebody. Come on, aren't you thankful that the love of God brought you back in? I'm thankful today that the love of God reached into that jail cell and and spoke to Quentin this morning. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful today that God reached out to me. I was raised in church. Come on, many of us like it in the room today. I was raised in a church just like this one. I I gave my heart to the Lord at a young age, baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was seven, called into the ministry when I was 11. But by the time I was 14, I was the chiefest of sinners among us. I'm thankful today that the love of God drew me back. I'm thankful today. I'm thankful today that God continues to restore, that God continues to speak hope and to give life into areas where death was pronounced. I'm thankful today there is no finality except for the one that declared it is finished. And when he declared it is finished, come on, he gave life to every man, woman, and child that's ever walked on planet earth and that ever will. We've got to declare hope. We've got to speak this out. Reminds me, if we were to go back over this last weekend, not, not this weekend, but the weekend before, on Friday morning, a very good friend of ours uh, took his last breath here on earth about 5 o'clock in the morning. Friday, he was a general of the faith, I'm sure. At about 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the gates of heaven opened up and all the angels stood at attention as Pastor Paul Poole stepped, walked through the gates of heaven. I love the man. He was a faithful supporter of our ministry. He was one of the first pastors to ever invite us in. He was while he was pastoring in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, one of the first pastors to ever invite us in as a, as a ministry. Just a, a wonderful man of the Lord, always encouraging us, always pushing us forward. Back uh, in May, uh, yeah, back in May of this past year, he uh, was had had left uh, by this point had left his church in Beaver Falls and was on staff with his son in Irwin, Pennsylvania, just up the road here at Calvary Church, and uh, was also working part time at a funeral home, opening the doors and you know things that people do there. And and uh, he stepped outside to give a woman directions that was needing to go somewhere. And when he stepped outside, he slipped over the curb fell backward and busted his head wide open, caused a large gash and about 100 stitches that had to get put into his head. But the worst part about it was he landed on that curb with his neck and broke, literally broke his neck. His C7 vertebrae broke his neck. And, and uh, as he's actually laying there, we find this out later on, one of the men that was sitting there holding his C-spine, holding him still, he looks up into that man's eyes while he's bleeding with a broken neck and says, isn't God good? Isn't God good? Just a little over a month ago, he was diagnosed with um, uh, lymphoma and just passed away this past Friday. And, and uh, his wife, Sharon, a dear friend of ours, a lover to death, she spoke at his funeral. I, I still don't know how she had the strength to do that. I don't know how you do that. Speaking at her husband's funeral and says, you know what, if one thing has ever been true, Paul knew that God is good. And she stood there and confidently said over her husband's casket, God is good. Despite our pain, despite our temporary circumstance, despite what we're putting together, I want us to understand the faithfulness of God never ends. Paul's last sermon he preached was in September. And he spoke from James chapter 1 talking about how peace can mature us. How we can, we can rejoice and our pain, because we know that pain God is going to use to endure our faith, that he's going to use to perfect our faith. 
And Paul began to speak about the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Great is Thy Faithfulness was written by basically a hillbilly. <laughs> I know them because I am one, you know. In 1866 in, Frank, in Franklin, Kentucky, by a man named Thomas Chisholm, a simple man born, born in a log home, and he writes the poem, the words, to great is thy faithfulness, based on Lamentations chapter 3, the verses we're speaking from this morning. Talking about the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And as he moved forward in this, he, he actually became an ordained minister, but had some health issues, so he had to step away from ministry and just wrote solely on his own. And so yeah, about 1923, he sends this group of poems to a good friend of his named William Runnan, who was a musician at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, Illinois. Well, William Runyon is going through these poems, and as he's on his way to a concert in Kansas, he comes across a poem entitled, Great is Thy Faithfulness, based upon Lamentations chapter 3, that was written all the way back by a simple kid that was born in a log home without electricity and running water in the hills of Kentucky. And that's where he put the, to, put the music to the lyrics, Great is Thy Faithfulness, O God my Father, there is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth thine own dear presence to cheer and to God. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. Oh, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Has it been good to you? God is good. You know, you can have faith and you can have hope whenever you stop fixating on all the problems and the pain of this world and you start declaring the goodness of God. That's how you declare hope. You declare the goodness of God. You declare that God is good. This is exactly what Jeremiah begins to do. God, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. You want to know why the mercy of God's fresh each morning? Because you just made it through the night. Weeping may last for the night. Sorrow may last for the night. But joy comes in the morning. I'm thankful today. This is why we can rejoice in our pain and in our suffering. Paul said it this way in Romans 5. I can rejoice in my pain because I know pain produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And character produces what? Hope, and it's not hope in and of myself. It's hope in the king of glory who is inside of me because I can look back and say, if God can save me, he can save my wife. If God can save my wife, I know he can take care of my kids. If God gave me my kids, he'll give me the providence I need to take care of them. Come on, somebody. If God can take care of my kids, I bet he can take care of my ministry. And I continue to move forward and forward. If God healed me as a two-year-old boy, I believe God can heal me as a 40-year-old man. If God can heal me as a 40-year-old man, I believe God can can grow a new bone in my daughter's leg before next week. I'm thankful today that in the name of Jesus, I declare hope over my life, over my family, over my ministry, over this church because my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. 
I'm thankful today that I can call on the name that is above every name. This is what we do. Despite the storm, despite the, the temporary setback, I worship him. I give him the glory and the honor that he deserves. Verse 25 says, the Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. And it is good for people to submit to the Lord at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. Listen to me. Not only do we need to, to dare to hope, not only do we declare to hope, but we depend on hope. I need the Lord. He is my hope. It's the love of God that is never ending. Faith, hope, and love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It isn't proud. It isn't rude. It isn't self-seeking. It keeps no records of wrong. Love always, always tropes, always hopes, always trusts, always perseveres. Love never fails. The Lord will never fail you. Today I stand on the witness stand of my life to tell you God's been with me the whole way. Even whenever I pushed him away, even when I tried to run, the love of God chased me down. Come on. This is why the Bible says this is where we're getting so it is good to wait for the Lord. Wait doesn't mean just to like Come on, Lord. Listen, when you, when you hope you're not playing the lottery. Listen to me this morning. When you hope, when you put your faith, when you put your trust and you depend squarely upon Jesus and Jesus alone, it's not always going to make sense to us. That's why Proverbs says, trust God with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. It's not going to make sense. But in all your ways, acknowledge that he is God. That's when he makes your path straight. Hope is not playing the lottery. Hope isn't going down to the local gas station and running the numbers. Come on, somebody. I got news for you. It's like what Quentin said. When God says something, you can take it to the bank. Come on. You can cash that check, Jack. Come on, somebody. You can cash it. Yeah, I can tell you right now, when God says it, it is done. It is over with. It is his word. Listen, you can't put your faith and your trust and your dependency upon popular opinion, upon political opinion, upon a nation, upon a government, upon a president, upon a preacher, upon a church. You better put your faith squarely upon Jesus and Jesus alone. This is what the Bible says in Isaiah 40, that those who wait, those who hope upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. Come on, somebody. I don't know if you know this or not. Come on, you're getting some more than what the first service didn't get. Come on, somebody. In Isaiah 40, 31, it says that those who wait upon the Lord, those who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings. They'll run, not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. It's written backwards. The Jewish people did this all the time. You can't, you can't soar on eagles until you learn how to run. You can't run until you learn how to walk. This is gonna be baby steps. Take little bit by little bit by little bit by little bit. And sooner or later, come on, how many of you ever watched a little kid take his first steps? It's a little. Well, all of a sudden they start getting strength and then they're able to make it to the couch, right? They can make it to the couch, to the, to the coffee table. Hey, people have coffee tables anymore. You don't have coffee. Why do we not have coffee tables? I love coffee. Let's bring it back. Come on, somebody. But 
Once you learn to walk, you learn to run. Once you learn to run, that's when you can soar in eagles. I don't know if you know this or not, hope doesn't sit still. Hope moves forward. We gotta take a step. Once you learn to step, then we're gonna be running. Jason, we're gonna be running. Pastor Jay, we're gonna be running. That's a word that was given to you a long time ago, and God just reminded me that again. We're gonna run. We've been walking, now we're gonna run. We're running, and that's gonna seem fast, but wait till we get on the wings of eagles. Come on, somebody. Ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, mercy. Verse 31, it's not in your text this morning, but verse 31 says, for no one is abandoned by the Lord forever. Let me say this. If you're going through a bitter season, maybe you're suffering, maybe you feel pain, it's exactly that. It's a season. It'll change. Seasons come and go. Summer and winter, springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all angels in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Great is his faithfulness. It's a season. You're not alone. You got to depend on hope. Solely trust in the Lord. Come on, would you stand to your feet with me this morning? I believe in this room, in this house right now, those of you that are watching online, in the name of Jesus, hope is going to rise because faith is going to rise. And we're going to exercise that because we're going to worship the Lord right now. Right now in this place, you may not feel like it. You might be going through a dry, bitter season. Can I just tell you right now, now's not, now's not the time to put the keys and get your coat on and pack it all up and get ready to get out of here. If that's all you're wanting to do, then man, you're not coming to the right place for the right thing. Come on, somebody. I want your heart to be right in this. I want you to be ready to receive from the Lord because God's about to pour out his spirit in your life right now. I'm telling you. But we first have to enter his gates with thanksgiving. You're either going to give up or you're going to give thanks. Let's give thanks. Let's start counting our blessings. Let's start looking back and realizing if it wasn't for God, we'd already be dead. Come on. If it wasn't for God, we'd already be dead. But this morning, we're here. You're still standing. You're still here because God's still with you. He hasn't left you. He hasn't turned his back on you, but he's worthy of praise in the name of Jesus. My Bible says, let everything that has breath